What's it like being back at work now? Um, well, it's um, it's interesting because uh, a lot of the a lot of the things that were cancelled during the the period of the lockdown are now uh, in process again. So there is like if there is a hyper production before, <laughs> now it's like the Uber hyper production. <laughs> I, I need to I need to manage myself uh, to start uh, uh, producing a lot or something like that. But at the same time, I'm thinking of, you know, we were thinking and uh, trying to um, um, to make things more, you know, to do less and not to be so productive. <laughs> now we do the exact exact opposite. <laughs> At least you have something to come back to. I would kill to be. Yeah doing yeah. some sort of actual work right now. And welcome to Passport People, the podcast where we talk to people about the places that matter to them. I'm your host, Finn, and today I'm joined by another wonderful ITI Neep colleague and brilliant all-round international theatre professional and artist and wonder kid. It's Leia. How are you, Leia? Hey. Uh, I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Coming in strong on that. Uh, just fine. Right, Leia. Leia, who's just fine. Tell us about you. Ooh, well, um, let's see. I am a theater maker, divisor, uh, human being, sister, daughter, scuba diver. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know what I wanted to tell you? Who is, who is also me? I'm currently assembling puzzles which I never really liked, but my uh, little nephew convinced me that we do it together. <laughs> so he left me and I stayed with puzzles all alone, and it's one thousand of them, so... Oh, man. Oh. And uh, they happened, I, you know, I didn't want to place them aside in the box again, um, but I, I tried to understand um, why am I not interested in them, you know? And uh, figure out how can I understand myself more or my systems through uh, working on assembling these puzzles. And it's crazy because there is like, there are only like few colors in those puzzles, orange, blue, and, um, and, uh, and black, brown. Oh, man. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so... As the days go by, I'm more and more enjoying looking at it and uh, trying to figure out if they fit or they don't fit. Or It's, it's just fascinating how um, individual puzzles convince you that they fit somewhere. And if you look close enough, you see that they have just tricked you, you know. Um, so I, I kind of formed a special relationship with them <laughs> during the days. And uh, yeah, this is me currently. This is my current. This is my yeah. I don't know. Like two days ago, yeah, I started this uh, uh, project of understanding puzzles and me through it. 
Um, but I'm also a person who is very interested in rules and how rules work and uh, do they work, uh, do they not work, how we can trick the rules, how we can not obey the rules, who is the person who is telling us what the rules are, um, what is behind that, what is the what is the narrative of the rules and so on. So, yeah, who is me? It's like puzzles and rules. <laughs> That's a very comprehensive answer, and uh, better you than me. Me doing a thousand-piece puzzle would drive me completely and totally insane. Um, where are you from, Leia? Uh, well, you know that this question, it's, uh, it's most frequently asked while you're studying abroad. And, uh, I, you know, after a year and a half of living abroad, I have stopped answering this question. And... <laughs> And stop answering these questions in a way that I state the facts, right? So I, I, I started to make up all those different places I am from and follow up with the whole story of who I can be. Um, and if you look at it uh, long enough, it's quite a tricky question, right? Because if you were really, really look into it, we would all be surprised, I think. Like if, you know, my parents are from here, my grandparents are from there, my grandparents, blah, 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 blah. So it's, 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 a, it's a tough question to answer, to be, to be completely honest. But for the fact's sake... <laughs> for fact's sake! <laughs> yeah, which is the third largest city in Slovenia. And in the period of, uh, of uh, Roman's empire, it was called Celea. So the last part kind of reminds of my name, Lea. Mm. Um, and uh, but for the last seventeen years, my family lives uh, uh, at the. We could say a bit of a suburbs of Celia, even though we don't have suburbs in Slovenia. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but it's what is interesting about it that it's called Lopata, which can be translated to English as uh, shovel. Really? So when, wow, goodness. I'm from, from Shovel. <laughs> <laughs> and yet we're not talking about the Shovel. Where are we talking about today? Well, I think we're talking about one very special period in my life, which shaped the way of uh, future existing of me, a.k.a. we're talking about Prague and people of Prague. And where in Prague specifically? It's called Prague 7. Prague is Prague 7. I'm very bad at ge geography. <laughs> <laughs> Approximately. <laughs> I would say that it is on the left bank of Voltava River, <laughs> but I could also describe it as Prague 7. It's about 30 minutes tra um, tram ride from National Theatre in the city centre. There we go. That'll do it. <laughs> and why did you choose Prague 7? It's not very often on this podcast that we get specific uh, districts and neighbourhoods that are the place that people want to talk about. Why did you specifically go for this area? You asked 
me if I want to choose that I need to choose a city and a district. So I was I start thinking about it if I really want to choose a district. But I I think what, when I moved to Prague seven, which was one year after living in Prague, um, it was kind of a mutual decision of me and Prague seven that we decided that we want to pair. But I needed an apartment and a friend of my friend had a spare room in the flat and uh, voila, I was uh, already moving there. And But I think that uh, Prague 7, uh, I, I chose Prague 7 because, um, because I really miss it right now. And I miss it because there was one of my favorite bookstores. Um, but also because most of my friends and colleagues live there and it felt like a family neighborhood and um, something that that it, it became like a value uh, to live somewhere that you feel very, very at home, uh, but you are not at home, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so... Let's let's unpack this a little bit. So you you've come to you've come to Prague. You've come to this area. You've mm-hmm. you've found yourself living here. And can you tell us a little bit about what your your first memories are of moving to the city, moving to this area, and what you first experienced? Uh, to this specific area, or bit of both. Bit of both. Let's let's chuck it all in. <laughs> So the interesting part is that the day I moved to Prague for studying at uh, Theater Academy in Damu um, was also the first time I was ever in Prague. I have never visited the city before. Um, so it's it, now you really make me do a, a memory uh, mapping of <laughs> what were my first memories, memories of Prague. But I think that. Um, as thinking about it and unpacking the memory, I think that uh, first memories of Prague was amazing bookstores and the Disneyland feeling of the old city center. Um, it's like so many tourists in the um, in the Charles Bridge that um, the first time that I was there, I woke up at 6 a.m. in the morning and go there all by myself alone. To just experience it because otherwise you never see you never see the bridge you only, you only see the people and experience it there and the first memories of Prague 7 I think were not when I moved there but when I was still living in another uh, a district of Prague called Varsovice which is uh, Prague 10 and it was uh, somehow always uh, a, a belief that Prague 7 was a place where most of the artists live, you know, uh, or uh, where their, their apartments are. Um, but, um, yeah, the, the first time I, I moved there, I remember uh, my flat and the position of the bed in this room that I wanted to live there. And I, I've, I've tried to understand and decode the space of how to make it um, most, uh, um, uh, not, not comfortable, but uh, most out of this space, because it's, um, it's a very nice 
apartment and a room which is opposite the National Gallery and I, I had this amazing big windows that I could look into the National Gallery all, all the time and once I remember going to the National Gallery for the sake of understanding if people from vis from uh, uh, gallery visitors can see what is happening in my room my <laughs> was that I want to send them secret messages <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately um, they could not see my room Ow. they could not see my windows but I could I could observe the visitors coming in and the the security guides and when when they would have uh, some parties in the national gallery i would see all the all the staff carrying out food and uh, also people going to the toilet <laughs> so though imagining you know the stories uh, of coming and going from the toilet and uh, and so on but sometimes when while they would be working um to prepare these events they would always be those huge lights in the galleries so it would be really hard for me to sleep um because they would prepare this event and i didn't have any curtains you know because i'm not a huge fan of curtains um apparently and... nobody in in prague is a huge fan of curtains if you could see right <laughs> through to the gallery <laughs> yeah but you know for being somebody who is uh, insomniac it was yeah, it was uh, hard sometimes to, you know, to sleep in the dark. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine. And the other thing that I guess is, is slightly interesting to unpack from that story is not only that you're coming to Prague for the first time and you're coming to move there and you're coming to study, but you are moving to the city as somebody who, who isn't Czech. And... And I'm curious as to what that experience was like in terms of how quickly you were accepted into the sort of wider lifestyle of the of the city. You know what? At the beginning was really hard, as I would not understand that being an alien in the city can be a good thing. Um, but uh, right now, thinking about it, I'm surprised of my ways of thinking that Czech people would not think of me as a foreigner, you know? Um, I think at first Czechs are a little suspicious of foreigners and it's, and it's, it's hard to fit in, um, which was very frustrating. Um, also, uh, it was frustrating because they didn't want to speak English or, or they think that they are not very good at, at English. Um, but when you accept the fact that actually you are an alien and a foreigner, you know, that you have this status and that it's true. I am a foreigner, you know, I will always be a foreigner in Prague. Um, but I grow to, I grow to love the people and their specifics, their specifics in what they want to eat, their specifics in their humor. Um, and they do accept you when they get to know you. Um, and what is, what is, the best specific about uh, people of Prague 
almost everybody owns a dog here, you know, and not here because I'm not in Prague. But there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was frustrating. It was uh, it was interesting to experience the alien state because um, I do believe that alienation can be a very positive thing, not only negative. You know, you can see things from a different perspective. Um, you are not, while studying, you are not part of the larger drama of the school, you know. You, We had our own kind of bubble with people studying, with my schoolmates studying there. Um, and yeah, we wanted to fit in, but at some point we also understand that not fitting in is fitting in. And then we we managed to... We managed to um, make some friends, we managed to be accepted in the what we do, uh, uh, Czechs grow to uh, uh, love our works, um, you know, but at the beginning, as I said, it was, they were a bit suspicious of, are you doing good work or not, or are you just here for one year, because they, are, they, they were not used to it, they thought uh, that we are Erasmus, um, <laughs> and when they understood that we are there to stay for two years, we kind of managed to merge and start working together and, you know, exist uh, in a way of uh, appreciating one another. It's fascinating, really, because that Central European area is so fascinating in terms of its attitude towards, uh, towards diversity and towards other cultures coming in. I mean, to talk for a second about two cities not too far away in, in Vienna and Budapest, Mm-hmm. Vienna is a classic case of a city where it's it's so obviously diverse in terms of the people who have immigrated there and the people who have made it home. And even though Austria is a very, very specific culture, you can see that that city and everything that it is was built off the backs of the people who came there and transformed it. As opposed to a city like Budapest, where I think the attitude that a lot of people in Hungary have towards foreigners is quite uh, antagonistic, is quite negative. You you hear all the the sort of rhetoric around uh, the Syrian refugees when that crisis was going on. And it's it's interesting to think about those two cases in the context of, of Prague, where it feels like, similarly to Vienna, a lot of different people from a lot of different places are, are ultimately coming to Prague and making it home but also the extent to which there is still this sort of fear of the unknown and fear of uh, of people who are different and what it's going to mean for the local culture. And it's, it's interesting um, to see the way that you were able to navigate that. Yeah, it was with the huge help of our uh, main mentor in um, it, uh, at the Theatre Academy. I was studying there on the uh, because in, in in at the damu at the theater academy you have like kind of two sides <laughs> you there is one like a classical theater and then alternative theater and part of this alternative theater there was a uh, program called directing for device and object theater and um, and the program leader um Sodia Lotker, she was she's also somebody who is not from prague you know and she moved there so she kind of helped us navigate all those um uh, help us navigate the checks you know <laughs> um, and that was that was one of the major 
um, how, how you call it, like, uh, uh, you know, w what do you say when, when there is like a turning point in it? Like, yeah, uh, turning point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a turning point for us to start to understand alienation, being foreigners. Um, and what does that mean? You know, not only in our specific case, but also the wider ideas of who is an alien and who is a foreigner, and what can we? You know, we were in this situation, so what we needed to do is to slow down, think of what we have there. You know, like in theater. And uh, well, in the in the theater, in the in the performing, in the process of making theater, to see what we have, to to think about it, and what we can get the most out of it, you know, and to <clears throat> and to trying, and only to try and see alienation and foreigner as as something negative would not would not help us, you know, we would be frustrated at it, and if we turn the sides of which perspective are we looking at it. Um, made us accepting the situation and making the best out of it. Was the academy that you studied at in Prague 7 or was it somewhere else in the city? No, it was in Prague 1 on the main street. So what would mean that when if I would come to school around 10 a.m. in the morning, I would need to swim uh, through the through the groups of um, tourists <laughs> to come there, and it sometimes was very hard to get by, um, especially if I was in a hurry because I would be late, you know. <laughs> but what 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 was fun about school being in Prague one was that there was a part of school there was also a cafe and. Um, uh, we would be sitting uh, on the street outside, uh, drinking coffee and observing the tourists and uh, and the stores nearby. You know, the crystal stores and uh, I don't know the puppet store and the mar and the wood market store or something like that. And that would that that was a huge fun. And also based on this. Uh, stories. I um, I made a concept for one performance, which was called business, but not business as a business, but as <laughs> business. That's clever. Uh, yeah. So it was it was you know all around this before I mentioned the Disneyland feeling of the old city center. Um, so uh, yeah. So I would. Um, made a concept out of out of the situations that uh, we were observing every day. Um, we've already talked a lot about Prague and, and the galleries and Prague's relationship to the arts. As we kind of reference, Prague 7 is home to both the classic and contemporary art museums of Prague. What does what does art mean to the culture and the community and the I guess the people who live in Prague 7 and the atmosphere walking around the streets? Well, I think that art means uh, a way of thinking, which uh, continues to the way of being and experience um, and experiencing the world. Um, and I think that um, maybe I can maybe I can uh, I can answer this question by um, Quoting somebody, <laughs> my quote, uh, 
a book that I bought in Prague 7. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I already mentioned to you this quote maybe, but it's from the book of uh, called How to Do Things with Art by Dorothea von Huntelmann. And in this book she states that we should stop doing political art and do art politically. So I do think um, that this sentence somehow describes artists and um, my mentors um, also living in Prague 7 or nearby. Um, and I, I do think this is a, a, a very important thing to understand right now because uh, art is somehow um, being disabled, right? Or by um, or by not getting the fundings to do art, or by um, uh, or by uh, people who do art and damage it, or by censorships, and the censorships can be or from the governments, or from um, you know local authorities, or from artists themselves, uh, because I don't know they don't want to go. Um, um, uh, they don't go. They don't want to dig enough because of the comfort zone or something like that. So to understand this quote um, um, means it's something that I that I've learned in in Prague actually, and <laughs> and by uh, buying a book in in the bookstore in Prague Seven. Wow, that's quite meaningful. <laughs> um, Prague 7 is on we've sort of mentioned it before Prague 7 is on the left bank of the river Vitava that goes through sort of the centre of Prague in many different cities there's a sort of divide sort of social, economic, however you want to put it divide between people who live on different sides of uh, a river in a city does that divide exist in Prague? Um... For example, when uh, the smoking ban was introduced in Czech Republic, <laughs> Prague 7 had two of the few bars in Prague that would not follow this regulation. <laughs> um, so maybe this could be the answer to these questions, but, uh, uh, you know, it's also trying to kind of... But, but following, following the law, right? Because... Um, in these two bars, it would not be a bar, but would be like a community and so on, and they they would be allowed to um, allow smoking uh, inside areas. Um, but I will say that one part that divides Prague Seven from other parts of the cities is the uh, amount of concept stores. That uh, I think that there is no other district in Prague or except Prague 1, maybe, that would have so many concept stores that Prague 7 has, you know. And also in Prague 7 is this huge ex-fair trade palace and place that every once uh, per year they would install this gigantic Luna Park. Um, and what would be fun to do would be to walk there in the morning when they didn't open it for the for the people to go on on this um, this amazing <laughs> uh, running around sculptures and um, to observe uh, the life of how how you turn on the machine what the machine starts doing when you turn it on um, where is located which one um, 
and um, yeah, just uh, it's a uh, you can in Prague seven you can be in so many places at the same time that it's incredible. You know, you can be in gigantic Luna Park or you can be in in Stromovka Park. Stromovka, sorry, it's not Stromovka. I always say Strom, which means electricity, but it's actually called Stromovka because Strom means um, woo, right? Or uh, like uh, um, it's free. Um, and I think that's that's amazing part or or the division that you you asked me about Prague Seven. It's there's you know so many places in this one place that yeah that you can be kind of uh, magically disappear from from Prague. It sounds to me and correct me if I'm wrong, but just as somebody who's been listening to you for the last sort of thirty minutes. It sounds like what Prague 7 is, is almost a place where life isn't just about surviving. And it's not even just about living, but it's about understanding why we live, what we live for, how we live. Um, you know, how do we best treat each other? How do we best react to these situations? And it's it's quite remarkable to to see a place where that's not just something that is respected but is sort of held up as something that this entire community enjoys and appreciates and respects yeah i don't know if 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 this is something i project into the place that i lived <laughs> for, for three or four years or is this uh, some, you know it's is it something that it's really there or it's my projection of of the reality there <laughs> but i think that that uh, be, be, especially being in Prague, not even in Prague seven maybe um made me think of uh, i i've i've met so many people uh, who who think differently that i was used to or that i've experienced it before um that um um, that would would make me realize, you know, <laughs> what things are uh, important, what is my value system, and I do think my value system changed um, from moving there to uh, living uh, Prague. Um, but I also think that why Prague Seven is so special to me is because, you know, as I stated, as I, when I said before, it's a lot of my friends live there, you know, and this neighborhood, family neighborhood, which if if the if the if we wouldn't have the warm water in my apartment, I would go up the hill in my Hello Kitty um, um, uh, rope, bath <laughs> rope. Uh, I don't know, hundred meters, and I would knock on my friend's apartment and say, "Can I take a shower?" And I would take a shower there, and then go to, you know, walk down the hill in my hello bar um, robe and go go to my uh, place home. Um, yeah, but I, but yes, there is many people in Prague that, not not you know, there is a lot of people in Prague, but people that I've been. Um, uh, working with or hanging out with that would think in, in its way of trying to understand things differently, trying to understand how we are with each other, um, how we behave with each other. And also this is the systems, you know, that we are part of and how we can look at this system and understand them and not, not follow those rules of the systems, but 
like in cybernetics, there is a system one, that is cybernetic one and a cybernetic two. And in cybernetic one, there is the established system. And in cybernetic two, you kind of establish new system within the system. And I think that that we were um, uh, people who, who were hanging out and living there and doing work there, that this is what we were trying to, to do or trying to understand. I live in the UK and when a lot of people from my glorious country think of Prague, they see it largely as being cheap in the context of, of where they live. And I know that there are probably a lot of people living in the world who have heard uh, Prague given that sort of reputation. How easy is it financially to live in Prague? Um, I mean, from your perspective as an art student, but I guess more generally in the context of your colleagues as an artist in general? Well, you know, beer is super cheap, <laughs> which helps us too much on the nights out. But for example, plexiglass, if you need it for a performance, it's very expensive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That was not something I thought I would learn during the recording of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's it's very hard. To, I mean, it's not hard to answer these questions, but it's easy and it's not easy at the same time, you know, because uh, artist artistic fees are regarding other European European cities very low. Um, so what I was often joking, I was oftenly joking about that the best situation for the artist to live in Prague is to work in Norway via Skype. <laughs> so not even to go there, but just to be in Prague, have the salary of, uh, of um, uh, have the Norwegian salary and, and live and work in Prague. Um, but it's, it's, you can, you know, in, in Prague, a lot of people and artists are very creative with the things that they already own or things that they found on street, find on streets. Um, so there is a lot of this kind of, uh, uh, I don't know if this will be a correct way to say, but maybe garbage aesthetics. Um, um, but actually what not not it's not garbage it's just that people would think that it's garbage um and czechs czech artists some of them would take it and make something out of it you know or we also were were doing things because you don't have a lot of money for the theater production so you would, you know, find old broken things, repair them. If you find uh, wood on street, you would take it and make something out of it. So it it helps you to be um, very creative and um, to really use what you need and to make theater. You don't need a lot. It sounds to me like it's this sort of attitude that says. It's something doesn't need to be expensive or to be new in order to be beautiful. Exactly, exactly. And the 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 idea of beauty, um, it's it's very, 
it's very different from beauty doesn't mean like clean shiny right beautiful it can be um, I don't know a very old paper on the streets that have a very nice or meaningful sentence I found many things on the streets of Prague for example um, we found uh, what is it called it's some kind of a, a release report from the prison or something like that from one guy that tortured his family and it's written oh, in goodness. Italian um, and we would find, I don't know, some, some uh, uh, pictures of the, uh, you know, when you, when you go and do a passport photo, we would find this on streets and, and, we would, and we would collect this and, I don't know, sometimes we would be inspired to make a show out of it or I remember um, that one of my colleagues, she was like the expert of finding things on streets, she would find a couch a sofa, she would found like a, a, some super um, brandy, um, um, uh, 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 how, how you call it, uh, purse. <laughs> um, and it's, it's just amazing when you, when you understand that you can find things on the street that are very valuable, you know. Once I found uh, a ring after I uh, graduated. I found a ring on the street, and this ring is with me till now. Wow, <laughs> you're not you're not worried about getting some sort of I don't know strange finger disease off that ring. <laughs> well, not really. I mean, you know, you can you can uh, use um, some things to clean it and <laughs> use <laughs> on your hand. <laughs> Uh, but it's not, it's just the attitude of, hey, the people, some people lost something, somebody found it, and, you know, the ownership kind of, the idea of ownership is fluid. I own it, then you own it, and somebody else owns it, and... I do always find that beautiful. I mean, I guess we'll never know the story about your ring and how your ring ended up in that position, but I think about all the things that I've randomly lost... On a, mm -hmm. on a bus or in the street or it's fallen out of my pocket and just imagining what it is going to be like for the person who comes across it for the person who ends up finding it and then they have their own experiences with it and yeah I, I guess there is something special and I guess that we've grown up in a society where looking at that sort of stuff and getting excited about it is, is maybe considered a little weird but no mm -hmm. I, I have a lot of respect for finding rings off streets and cleaning them and putting them on and them now being part of your own ownership. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, I think it's fantastic how those stories are interconnected and continue to live and, you know, because if I want, I can make a whole theatre piece out of it. If I want to analyse the material of... What is the story behind? What is the contextual level of the rings? What is this? What is my personal memory of material? What kind of material is the whole analysis? Would you know? It would make if if we dig into an object long enough, we get the whole the whole the we get the story. We get the performativity of the story, and I think that was kind of that was for us finding things on the streets or for for my colleagues as well to um, 
to it's part of the ready-made and it's part of all these things inscripted already in the material that is uh, in front of us and um, yeah we we did we do value those inscripted messages <laughs> and trying to decode them yeah it's really extraordinary to me just listening to what you're saying to understand the number of, of stories and things that you find and ways that you see things that are just that are concentrated into this this area of this city and it's going to get even more interesting now because i'm going to ask you to tell us about um a place you've already mentioned uh about letna park <laughs> <laughs> Keep it PG, Leo, okay? <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I think that the best... How I could best describe Letna Park is by two words. One is beer, another <laughs> is garden. So, <laughs> um, it's, in Letna Park, it's most famous for its beer garden. Um, you know, however, I'm not a huge fan of parks even though they're huge in Prague 7 and you could have a sense of being, as I said before, being somewhere else, not just in Prague. Um, I'm much more mesmerized by kind of gigantic oceans or huge mountains. But uh, going back to the, to the beer garden, it's, it's, it's a place to be in the summer, really, because uh, Letland Park has one of the best views of the city. Um, and you always kind of end up in the summer uh, there while working long hours in the theater. You end up there sitting on the uh, by the tables in the Letna Park at the beer garden, drinking beer, um, having a great weather because, you know, Prague is hot in the summer. And while it chills and you're drinking a, a cool, chilled beer, um, talking about the day or the ideas and it is a, it is a, it is a special it is a special place but um, there is a lot of tourists coming there which is it's, it's not a bad thing it's just that sometimes you would not get a table so you would just uh, you would just take a beer and go sit somewhere else you will not be a part of beer garden but Still, this is some kind of a tra traditional thing in Prague too. After working, you go, you drink beer, you have a talk, you you map the day, and um, then you go to sleep and say hello to the next day. And for those people who who don't drink beer, and I I I understand <laughs> as somebody who doesn't drink that that's that's a minority to a certain extent. What else do people do in this park? This is basically what I'm trying to gain an understanding of. I mean, there is a huge park, right? So as I said, people have, almost all of the people living in Prague, they have dogs. So you can- uh, A lot of dogs. It's your dog, you can roller skate, you can um, uh, take a walk, you can sit on the bench and observe the people walking around. Um, sometimes also the kids from uh, the kids from schools have uh, their um, how you call it PE yeah uh, physical education there um, so it's a lot of mix you know it's I mean a uh, beer garden only opens in the I don't know at 6 a.m. no it's not uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making a total lie here <laughs> um, I, I don't really know what time it opens <laughs> 
Um, but you know, there's when the weather's of... hot, I can imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a lot of activities that you can do in the park. You know, I don't know, observe uh, some people kiss on the benches. <laughs> um, um, there is uh, some uh, homeless people are also in the park. Um, um, you know, it's like a mix of, of, of people doing whatever they want to do in the park. It just adds to this great story tapestry of an already creative area. Yeah, but also, uh, here one tip, if you don't drink beer, I could recommend another drink, which is called Skinny Beach. Ooh. Uh, do you know what this is? I've never heard of it, no. So Skinny Beach is basically what models drink, and I've uh, I've learned that in Czech, <laughs> in Prague, I never heard of it before as well, and it's uh, basically uh, vodka, a shot of vodka, then a sparkling water, and uh, a lemon or a lime, and it's a drink that if I would not drink beer, I would drink that, I would drink Skinny Beach. So now snow, and now you can also, if you go to a bar, you say, I want skinny bitch, and they say, we don't have it. You say, well, you have. These are the ingredients. Can you make it this, please? <laughs> Listeners, take notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> from everything that we've talked about today, it seems that Prague 7 is, is very unique, is very stylish, is very artsy, is very creative, is very hipster, if you'll forgive me for using that phrase. <laughs> what what do people from the rest of the city think about the sort of, you know, your people, the people who live in Prague 7? Because I think in some cities there's this attitude that almost says that the hipsters are this sort of their own people and that they're not sort of considered a real part of the city. But is that the way that they're seen in Prague? I was not really preoccupied with... I was not really interested in this aspect of thinking about what do they people think of Prague 7. Um, they would joke about it, right? Oh, you live in Prague 7, ha ha ha, the art, because it, the art, Prague 7 it's called Art District, right? Ah, okay. So, uh, but I do think that people would want to come to the neighborhood and go to Beer Garden, but also, it's not like we only hang out in Prague 7, right? We also go to other areas of or districts um, in Prague. Um, so I think I think I don't know how I really don't know how to answer this question. Everything that I would say, it would be a lie and not based on any facts. Right. But okay, let me let me try and rephrase this a certain way. Living in Living and having your sort of world in Prague 7, to what extent did you end up meeting and interacting with people, like actually having an interaction with people who weren't from Prague 7, who maybe, I don't know, worked in a in a different field or you meet somebody in a bar somewhere else in the city or, um, I don't know, you meet a friend of a friend and they are from somewhere else in the Czech Republic. Like... What is the extent to which the sort of your community is your community and people don't go outside of their community versus that community being open to doing new things and seeing people from different places? Um, I have a great answer for this. Oh, go on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I was working on a show called, uh, it was a lecture performance, um, called Unknown Knowns. And part of this performance, I was searching for uh, people who've never been to the theater before in their life. So um, during this project and in the process of finding those people, I've met and interact with almost everybody that I would meet everywhere in Prague. Um, I was I was in one uh, a techno party and I went to 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 ask everybody there if they've ever been to the to the theater performance before and I would uh, I would ask a security guard hey have you been to the theater before where do you live you know and we engage in a conversation so there is a lot of openness to talk with people. Um, from um i'm not saying now i'm not i'm not talking about uh, only czech people or so to say you know i'm talking about uh, uh people who um uh who are either um come to prague from different cities or if they're you know working on some not just working but i think there is a lot of curious let's say this yes there is a lot of curious people living here <laughs> so, uh, which means that you want to also get to know other people not just from your bubble right but also outside of it in order to understand society in order to understand how you behave with people that you don't know in order to understand um, you know in what kind of world do they live we live in Prague uh, we all live in Prague, but maybe your Prague is different than my Prague. Um, and, uh, you know, for example, like, uh, sec uh, not secondhand, how do you call those? Um, how do you call those? Vintage? Uh, uh, sorry? How Vintage? Like if it's yeah. old, sort of? You know, this, this uh, uh, huge market. Um, a flea market. A flea market, yeah. yes, yes. This, um, there is, you know, there is a lot of flea markets outside of Prague 7, for example. So, um, as we were talking about the old things before and giving them new life and so on, um, you know, a lot of the people would from Prague 7 or from Prague 3 or from Prague 10, whatsoever, they would go to the those uh, markets and talk to the owners and... Um, you know, try to lower the price, and there is a lot, a lot, a lot of um, communication uh, going on with with people from all sorts of backgrounds. You know, uh, uh, there is only one thing about Prague is that they are the city that they don't have a lot of refugees, so you would not, <laughs> you could not uh, people with the refugee background, so you would not uh, meet uh, meet them there. But otherwise, um, yeah, there is a lot of stories of, of different people. There is uh, a lot of things going on there and getting to know the city, it's getting to know the people, I think. Yeah, and, and from what you're saying, it sounds to me that even if people sort of aren't necessarily artists or aren't necessarily people who live in that area, that they're still that they're still fascinated by the culture, that they're still interested in in everything that you're doing and in, in being part of it and in understanding the way that, that you uh, see things, which is, it's, it's quite nice to have in a, in, a, in a world I think we live in in the West where I think a lot of the stuff you're talking about is very much sort of considered 
two alternative and mm. two two different and it, people almost feel intimidated about engaging with with that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um this brings me to my last question what does the future hold for prague seven what's what's coming next hmm <laughs> To answer this question, I would need to be, I don't know, a a witch. (laughs) 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 Or uh, I would need to uh, uh, open the astrological cards to to answer this question. Uh, I don't know. I certainly uh, hope that it will not become a, a place... Uh, full of um, it would not become so globalized, you know, because everywhere in the in the Europe or you go, there there is there are places that are exactly the same that you cannot differentiate it in which city you are. Mm-hmm. And one of the last questions I have, Leia, would you move back there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So confident. Uh, I, I, I'm just trying, while we're talking, I'm trying to understand how much of uh, what I'm feeling about Prague, you know, is um, is are my uh, is my memory being transformed, <laughs> you know, because certainly not all of all of the time living in Prague was uh, uh, brilliant or something, but um, yeah, I I do think that. Uh, Prague, it's a great place to have a base there. There is a, a crossroads of different festivals and uh, various artists that come to Prague and do the work there. So what I miss not being there, it's it's exactly this. The crossroads of different um, art um, gatherings and art thinkings and art beings so i think my answer would be yes (laughs) (laughs) perfect and lastly i've never been to prague but i do really want to go to prague in the future and if i come what is the thing that i absolutely need to do there that is the prague 7 experience to have (laughs) and does it involve art and or beer I think that you should go to the ex fair trade place and walk around the ghost city that it became full of palaces and pyramids and swimming pools <laughs> to experience of to experience what Prague 7 everything can be I think. Wow, very exciting. Leia, thank you so, so much for coming on to uh, Passport People. Before I leave you, this is your opportunity to plug your work and what you're doing. So how can people find out more about you and all your awesomeness? Very hard because I don't have a website yet. No, Leia, come on. I know, I know. know. Do you have an Insta? It's crazy. Um... (laughs) But they can find me on uh, Facebook or Instagram, and I, I, I make, I will make a promise now here that once my website is out, 
I send it to you, Finn, and then you place it to all the passports uh, people podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. I can make that happen. And yeah, we will leave all the links in the description for anybody interested. Um, Listeners, thank you also for joining us. Uh, We will be back next week. (laughs) We'll be back next week talking to uh, somebody else, in fact. just looking, having a little look at the schedule. Yes, it'll be a, it'll be another ITI Neep member who we're going to have a fun conversation with. So that should give you food for thought. And until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Leia. Bye. Ciao. Take care. You've been listening to Passport People. The music was by Harry Bongo and the cover art was by Maya Pires. Learn more about us by visiting our Island Life Productions Facebook page or by visiting our website at islandlifeproductions.com.